What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. Happy freaking Monday. My name is Austin Jardine, and I am editing this a little late uh, in the evening on Sunday. I uh, This is my last weekend of a four-weekend-long stint of just crazy adventures between uh, some networking events, backpacking, traveling up to Bozeman, uh, learning how to fish just a wee little bit, and then this weekend having a bachelor party for one of my buddies. I... Enjoyed myself, but I tell you what, I am looking forward to a, a relatively quiet home-based weekend. But welcome to the show. Uh, I'm very excited. If you haven't yet, please take a quick second to like, rate, and subscribe because, uh, you know, dropping in here, what you're going to get from us is a uh, is uh, kind of our little mantra is growth through stories, strength through community. So if you're hopping on for the first time, the goal here really is just to share folks' life stories, mostly focusing on kind of the outdoor style of things, right? Whether that's hunters, military, law enforcement, photographers, um, backpackers, artists, whatever the case may be, right? We're here really to grow the community and share those stories. So that way, if you are trying to find something new or a community to join in on, or maybe you just need help to kind of get over the hump or uh, find a new path, right? Uh, hoping that uh, we can share those folks' stories. Uh, use this as a sounding board for you to tap into some some new life lessons that you might not otherwise have been exposed to. So uh, with that being said, that's kind of my goal. And uh, I don't really do a whole hell of a lot of talking about myself so much as just sharing in uh, what, uh, what the uh, interviewee has to say, which has been just insane and an amazing and so much fun for me. So I'm nearing episode 100, which is just, which also is absolutely insane. So I'm really looking forward to uh, sitting down and writing out kind of a summary of just all of the crap that I've learned over the past year doing this and and sharing that with y'all in a, in a more condensed manner. But um, I'm really excited for uh, this episode of Mr. Ortiz. Um, he and I have chat a little bit leading up to this, just kind of over the years really um, about long range stuff and shooting. He's got snipers unknown now. And uh, this episode was uh, pretty interesting because, as you'll hear, you know, it was a, a tough day for him. So I hope that, uh, and, and some of his friends. So um, I hope as you listen to this, you kind of pick apart and understand that we're all here to see you happy, healthy, and, uh, and successful. So if you need to reach out to somebody, don't fucking hesitate. But um, I don't want it to take kind of away from what uh, Ortiz has to say and kind of the things that he shared. So I'm going to kind of go ahead and stop yammering. But today's episode is indeed brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. I've been working with the Black Rifle folks for a little while now, and I've met a handful of them, interviewed several of them, and they are all just amazing people. And lately, with being on the road as much as I have, um, you know, I don't really sit and make coffee much anymore. Um, I used to be like a four or five cup a day person uh, just at home. And uh, lately, I've been using the uh, Grinds Coffee Packets, and those have been my absolute bread and butter. Uh, use code Vanguard for 20% off Black Rifle's website. It includes the Grinds Packets, which if you don't know what those are yet, they are little coffee packets. They almost look like Zen Packs. Um, you can drop in and uh, you get your uh, your caffeine hit. There's no nicotine or anything in them, but you can get your caffeine really good flavor. Like these things taste amazing. And, uh, you know, they get you just the right amount of caffeine to get through uh, until your next cup of coffee, in all honesty. So be sure to use code Vanguard, get 20% off. Otherwise, uh, let's roll an awesome episode with Mr. Ortiz of Snipers Unknown. <laughs> Thank you. 
What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. My name is Austin Jardine, and I'm excited because on the phone with me is Mr. Gamaliel Ortiz. He and I have chat. Uh, dude, you and I have chat a couple of times on Instagram, you know, kind of before I started the podcast and leading up into it. You run the uh, Snipers Unknown Challenge. You've got your uh, I learned just now, too, that you're doing uh, full time recruiting as well. And I'm excited to talk to you because it sounds like you've lived um, a life that is going to be very interesting to listen to, but also kind of what you just touched on. And I know I'm kind of thinking about this as I'm saying this, but uh, a lot of resiliency. And that's something right now that I'm hoping to tap into uh, as we kind of talk, because I feel like I have some life lessons to learn from you as we go. But I don't want you to take your intro, man. If you don't mind kind of just talking us through yourself a little bit, and then I'm going to interrupt and ask questions and see what I can't learn, if that works. Yeah, no problem, man. Like I said, it's, uh, it's great to finally talk to you. Uh, we've been, you know, chatting back and forth in regards to, you know, Instagram, Facebook, things of that nature. Uh, I think I, I think I found you by just kind of the, the common things we have in common with like shooting and long range yep. stuff. So I think it's how we end up connecting. And then of course now on our podcast. So yeah, man, I'm excited to talk. And uh, yeah, uh, me personally, um, I'm 39 years old. I'm about to hit 40, man. Hit that big 4-0 soon. And I'm currently still actively in the Army. I'm on my last year, uh, right before retirement. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a ride, man. And like I said, it's, uh, getting close to the end, but I don't regret it one bit. I learned a lot, lived a lot. Uh, so it's been great. And, uh, that's, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Um, but as far as my, my, where I came from, uh, where it all started, uh, I grew up in Texas, Vernon, Texas, uh, very, very small town. You know, I think it was around 8,000, 9,000 population. Um, and as far as military service, it really wasn't an option for me, to be honest with you. And it's funny looking back, you know, that I'm almost about to retire. And, uh, at the time for me, it, I would just, you know, do the motion like everyone else in my town, do you do the work or you're, you're kind of doing some kind of agricultural thing, farming or some of that nature. Um, and I would do everything, everything else, man, like everyone else. And, uh, I was just like, I thought to myself one day, I was like, I don't want to be like everyone else here. And I was like, you know what, let's, uh, we'll talk to recruiter, see what happens. And, uh, I came to reports right after nine 11 timeframe. So I was a little nervous about it. I said, Hey man, I'm interested in joining the army. Don't give me nothing that gets me killed. And I'm in, And uh, <laughs> he was like, okay. And, uh, did mechan- I just enlisted as a mechanic initially and uh, did that for a while. And then, uh, I ended up to the point of Gansing where I just saw a whole new world and what the military is all, all about. And I ended up changing MOS and going to the combat side. And where later on, it just, I mean, they go into sniper school, get in a sniper section, um, do some targeting for the army. And it opened my eyes to a lot. Um, and for one, uh, just life itself, you know, how, how we sometimes are going through our days where uh, as simple as just, you know, you know, going to the bathroom, like having a toilet, man, you know, I've been, we've been in countries where you don't even have that, you know what I mean? So uh, we'll say uh, being in other locations opened my eyes to a lot of stuff and how as Americans, or some even me, um, we got we got it pretty easy, man. So I can always be harder, and uh, I've did that the whole combat role for let's say ooh, about ten years, okay. and then I guess you know with time it just started wearing on me. I mean, I'm getting old, my hips starting to creak in the morning, <laughs> things like that. I stand up, sound like I'm a bubble wrap, things of that nature, and uh, I decided to. I mean, I do miss it, but I try to step back and end up going to a full time position in recruiting command where I'm at now. 
Um, but it's a good location and good position to do um, towards the end of retirement to give you time to work on, you know, about yourself, your medical stuff, um, your family, things of that nature. So that's, what, that's where I'm at right now. There's a current recruiting out in New Jersey. And like this is my, my last year in the Army before I uh, move on to, uh, like you said before, with Snipers Unknown and some training events, and working with other companies. That's a life, man. So maybe going back to the beginning, you, you mentioned that the, uh, the military wasn't an option or, or did you say it wasn't an option or just wasn't something that you guys did? Or was that the path out for you? It just, it just wasn't, I never really wanted to do. Okay. Uh, to be honest, like when I even talked to Kudu, it was just like, man, I mean, just want to hear what he has to say. And, uh, and I, I always, I always say, I always tell people throw the dice, <laughs> you know, you never know. And for me in my head at that moment was I'll give three years of service, which now looking at the time, at the time when I was leaking, I was like, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. But when you really think about it, that's a, that's a scratch in your lifetime. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's a scratch in your lifetime. So I was like, let me do three years, see where it leads me. And that was, that was like yesterday. So, I mean, everybody joins for a reason. Mine really, I really didn't have one initially. Hmm. So then what, so throwing the dice, but making the decision are almost two different things, right? What led you to actually making the decision to enlist? Um, like I said, I just, it's the same thing every day in that town where I grew up. I mean, I can go back now and it's very similar to the, the same lifestyle I had, was that was there, which mm-hmm. is not, it's not bad. It's just, it wasn't enough. It okay. Wasn't enough for me. Yeah. So then when you joined, were you, you were looking for something more then? Did you know kind of what you were looking for at that time? Or was it genuinely just taking whatever punches came and rolling with them? Mainly, like I said, just I knew military service at a whole was just something that, you know, noble. I respected, you know, the military, the soldiers, everything that, you know, service the country. It, it was just like, you know, that's a, that was enough for me. Like, that's something that, you know, was just that was great, you know, to me. So I was like. At this point, I'm like, I'm interested in what you had to offer and offer me jobs. And like I said, I'm a little scared. So I, I played it safe with the uh, mechanic job. And yeah. uh, like I said, I ended up changing later on. But it was something I, you know, just decided for myself, you know, to do. Yeah. What was that decision like? I feel like that's um, honestly like a life-changing decision, right? A very potentially life-changing decision to go from a non-combat mechanical technical role to a very technical, but combat centric role. What was that like in making that decision? So for me and, uh, and I, when I found out I was going to Afghanistan, I was, you know, my first tour was as a mechanic, I was kind of straight, you know, scared. And I, I was new to the whole thing. And I was like, Oh wow, this is crazy. And uh, I was like, I don't know what to expect. You know, I expected to land. I would see bullets and explosions and things like that, but it ended up being totally different than what I expected. And a lot of people assume just when you hear the word Afghanistan, that, Oh, damn, bro. Good knowing you. But realistically, uh, the jobs you do in country are based off the skill sets you have, you know, you learned. Like, so as a mechanic, I literally, people were breaking stuff and I was fixing shit. That, that was my, that was the whole entire, my whole entire job. And it was about, uh, let's say about eight months in where um, one of the, you know, go to the combat patrol and they were short on people and I ended up volunteering. And during that patrol, I had no idea what we we're doing. I remember just sitting on a mountainside forever watching a village and i was like what is the point of this you know what i mean i get it we're watching a village. nothing is happening it's pretty boring and uh i ended up like three days later we come off the mountain 
And uh, we go into the village. I see people shaking hands, you know, our commander shaking hands, um, giving them some money, you know, and uh, I really understand the purpose. And so later on, I asked one NCO, I was a private time, asked one of the NCOs there, I was like, hey, so what was this you know, picnic about, you know? And in, what I ended up finding out was the Taliban had come in before, blew up their well, blew up their school, and I had, uh, you know, threatened teachers, threatened to kill them, had killed some people. You know what I mean? So that moment in my life, I'm like, this is this is what it this is what it all means, you know. And at that moment, there's good. I mean, I saw you can see good and evil in the world, and and that was it. And uh, at that moment in my life, I'm like, this makes sense. And at that moment, I think uh, within that month, I reclassed, changed jobs, and that was that's where it started. Interesting. So then, the moment that occurred that led you to change was understanding. I guess the role you played in combating that evil, is that kind of what I heard? Correct. I mean, it's like, um, I don't explain it. It's just like, I don't know. It's just something that I, bigger than me, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was that's what I was looking for. Like I said, initially I did not have a real purpose of enlisting just besides service, you know, just kind of give myself my feet, you know, give myself a chance to do something bigger. But once I saw that and saw these people, saw these kids, saw these women, these children, um, it just opened my eyes to like, maybe my real purpose, you know, what, why I was there. Um, and like I said, it was supposed to be a three year little, you know, trip and get out. And here I am reenlisting for six more years. Hmm. So then why, uh, why reclass, uh, into, and again, I, I'm not very savvy on kind of how reclassification works or, you know, choosing a new MOS, but why did you, and how did you choose to go down the snout, the sniper route? I think it just came with it, man, it just, you know, and then the, the position I was put in within the, that task force was uh, um, I always want I mean, when I was play, when I was a kid, I always want to play sniper. And for and it just I was just very lucky to make the selection process. But, you know, at the, the battalion level and they make it to school as well. And even at school, you know, the success rate is very, very low. And then upon the amount, I don't know how many they sent. I think only like 14 of us graduated the whole battalion. So it was like kind of like, oh, guess what? You're a section leader now. Good job. I'm like, what? You know, and it was like I was put in that position, you know, very quickly. Um, but once I was in that position, it, it was great because you are you're put you're surrounded by individuals who really, you know, are pretty you know experts at what they do. They're mentally and physically tough. So um, and then, of course, that where I was at within that within a targeting platoon, um, we can handpick our guys. If, if you didn't cut it, you're gone. Yeah. Um, so tryouts are important. Even for us, like we, had, I think had a we had tried for if you were NCO, you had tried as well. You'd make the cut. You were getting sent somewhere else. So you were within a, a you know a platoon of, we'll say, very diverse but yet very, very skilled and experienced people. Mm-hmm. So I think I think everybody had at least one or two diplomas by then. Okay, okay, so that that makes sense. So maybe before I ask the next question, one that I'm thinking of is is and this is one of my favorite questions but kind of up into the point that you either make it into selection or make it into your first kind of unit for uh as being a sniper what were some of the things that you had learned that you wish you'd have known going into it or matured into or and maybe lending itself into the next question right as far as work ethic goes what did that look like you know i i guess what did you learn that you feel like you wish you would have known I think at that time, I was just, like I said, I was just new to the, to the, 
to the whole, com- you know, to what I was doing, the whole combat side, because I did a reclass. And as soon as I reclass, I was sent to Germany right off the bat and was put in a platoon who deployed in what, I think six months. So I was like death by fire, like really quick. Like I was baptized really quick. And uh, it came to the conclusion is like, you can't sit there and really do a lot of things. You can't overanalyze things. They just got, sometimes you got to adapt and do it. You know what I mean? Don't quit and whatever it is. Um, and of course, people to your left or right will make sure whatever it is, you finish. So, and when, again, we went out going through some of the courses I was doing, you know, for example, sniper school, things like that. I was honestly did not have a, I did not have a, you know, I wasn't, I never trained before. I shot well, I shot expert. I was doing pretty well physically. Uh, but it was more, I just, well, I personally was not ready for that course. Um, yes, I did pass, luckily. Uh, but I, I wish I would have been a little more prepared for that event. But what pushed me through was just like the amount of people who didn't make it through and the fact that I guess competitive and the, the platoon within I was in coming back, they wouldn't, they would eat me alive. <laughs> that makes sense. Like why, you know what I mean? We're better than everyone else. Why? You know? So I just, <laughs> I wanted to avoid that criticism as much as possible. And I remember, you know, it's just, I remember the eight mile runs, just like, man, this sucks. You know what I mean? And I hate running still to this day, but I just remember those runs. It's like, just keep going, man. Don't be yeah. that guy. You know, don't be that guy when you get back. Don't let them give you a hard time. Don't let them harp on you. Don't give up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. So sorry, I got distracted. I had a, a text come through. I got a little sidetracked there for a sec. Um, so when you started the recruiting then, and and kind of this is something that we had talked about a little bit before we started recording, is you started working with folks and kind of kids and talking to kids and and kind of giving lectures more or less um what are some of the things that you are trying to instill in them or help them understand given all of your life experience right and i know you and i texted too a little bit that you've got a lot of life experience a lot of things that you've done right a lot of things that you've done wrong right what are some of those things that you're trying to instill in folks as you talk to them now and i mean yeah as a recruiter i'm i'm, I'm really supposed to you know really focus on the army per se mm-hmm. uh, but i feel like it's more important on the journey, just life itself. Uh, I think a lot of kids, like I said earlier, we, I know I was that same kid, you know, like I ain't trying to die. Um, I can't do three years, that's forever. Um, but realistically, you know, decision I made, you know, 19 years ago has changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell these kids the same thing. It's a three years of scratching your lifetime. You know what I mean? And then, and then two, they, they like, Oh, I, I would love to have what you have, you know, everything, but I, I can't, I don't want to work for it. And I feel like a, I'm not saying all, because we do so people enlist. So it comes to come through that, some people that are just come to the door ready to go. Uh, but the majority are scared of work. Mm-hmm. Scared to get their hands dirty. And and they always, it's, it's always a normal thing. It's like, yeah, I ain't trying to die. People fear death. And uh, and I always tell them, I'm like, you know, like I'm, I'm very blunt. I said, hey, when you figure out how not to die, you come back and tell me. You know what I mean? And they're just like, what do you mean? I'm like, what's what you're scared of, right? I said, good luck running from it because it happens to us all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I tell these kids, I'm like, versus, or you could do two things. I said, or you could do it this way. You can live your life as like, oh, let's fear death. Or we can look at it as two points of life. Point A, the day we're born. Or point B, the day we die. Mm-hmm. What really matters is what's in the middle. But people tend to focus on the B and forget about everything in between. And it holds them back from a lot of success in their life because they're still dwelling on the fear of the unknown. What if, what if this, what if it, what if it does happen? 
some of the worst times of my life that made me or made me stronger. And I have and I people tell me like, how and why are you like this? Why do you say fuck it? Because I said it. It's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. you know. And it may be large to someone else, but in me, my eyes and how I feel about it, it's really not. I mean, we all go through stuff in our life, and like I said, just I feel like this generation is scared to fail. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's really nothing wrong with that. So, as someone who has, I'm trying to think of how I want to ask this, right? So, I think as someone who has faced the fear, faced the unknown, and jumped into it, right? What were what were maybe some of the things that you leaned on personally? to help you take those leaps and jumps? I mean, I pulled a few people. Well, here, well, you know, I mean, so upon entry in the army, I was dating, I was a sweetheart, uh, married seven years, two kids. And uh, my second deployment to Iraq was probably, what's the most difficult part in my life? Not because the fire fight, not because explosions. None of that really mattered to me. So for me, I could deal with a lot of it. It's about anything, but when it comes to my family, it's when I kind of, that's when I feel the pain. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, so at the time, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It was in 2009. Uh, it was attacking Balad where uh, a service member went to one of the locations and, and killed a few other soldiers. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if you remember that time frame. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, it was, uh, he killed one of my friends and he killed one of our soldiers. So that platoon was, you know, all our soldiers grew up with these two guys. And when that happened, not only did it, of course, it affected us, but it's even harder when we got to kind of keep the straight face, you know, lock the tears and everything else to make sure they're okay. But, you know, that, that was a really rough time for us when we lost, you know, one of our friends, one, one of the NCOs, one of the soldiers to, you know, to like not even combat. You know, it was one of one of our own. Mm-hmm. so it kind of hit us pretty really hard and then uh us say a week later um we got into a scuffle i should say a firefight and where something happened and they didn't you know storage got mixed up we were accused of one thing accused of another thing. so we got questions the dirt it was it was a mess um right after the ceremony after we got did our farewell to our one of our soldiers and our friend they're like hey come in here for uh, interrogation so I'm like, what the hell's going on here that was like literally Right after the ceremony, to make it past that, and then literally the next day, I'm like, "Well, next week, guess what? I'm going home on leave. I gotta see my family, I gotta see my kids, and everything." So I shoot an email like, "Hey, looking forward to seeing you guys," and I get a reply it's like, "Hey, I won't be there. So I want divorce." <laughs> so, I guess like I said, it was a rough time. Um, it was the hardest I would say three weeks of my life. Um. But again, I look back at it and like nothing can be as hard as that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nothing can beat that. You know, I'll take a bullet in the ass before I take that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like I tell people that and they're like, oh, shit, man. Sorry. I'm like, Ain't nothing to be sorry about. You know, that, that was a, the, the hand I was dealt. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, you know, deal again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So when it comes to developing that resiliency, I mean, how did you not give up to put it very bluntly oh well i mean for me i mean death is obviously a thing in you know military you know lifestyle unfortunately um either and i have to say it's sometimes suicide 
sometimes it's death in, in combat. And uh, I mean, you can never really get used to it. And, but for me personally, I'm in my, you know, I've seen it firsthand what the cause effects of, you know, someone in their life or just cutting everybody off based off the city situation at that moment. You know, what I've seen people do to do something drastic and kill themselves or, you know what, fuck the world, fuck everyone. And they put themselves away. And the, the, the thing is, with the, the regards to what the situation they may be going through, it's not going to get resolved by doing either one of those things. It doesn't fix anything. So especially as men, you know, we tend to kind of keep things in. And uh, what I've learned, and like I said, and it sucks that, you know, I had to learn the hard way where I've had, you know, friends of mine, you know, commit suicide, attempt suicide multiple times. You know, like it's been bad. You know, I've seen it multiple times, which is, you know, a little rough. But I've learned to just like, despite of how he feels, I'm going to ask him, hey, dude, what's up? What's wrong? Why you want to kill yourself? Like, what's going on? Do you want to kill yourself? If it's that direct, so be it. You know what I mean? But I feel like for me, what got me through is just like I had it just kind of opened up to people. Because yeah. guess what? It's a normal. I mean, I hate to say it, it's a norm in the army where people going through divorces, people going through this, you know, people gone through before me. And it took a lot. And I was getting angry. I was getting aggressive. And I was going on the wrong path with it. So I didn't just open up to friends, you know, unless I'm all right. I was like, dude, yeah, I get it. You do? But yeah. And I wasn't the only one. So, and I, and I feel like sometimes people, again, keep things in. And what happens with time, it just, it's, it's just, it's just pressure building. Eventually you blow up and you do something dumb, mm-hmm. you know, to yourself or to others, to your loved ones. And sometimes there's some of the decisions you make, there's no going back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, it's just kind of, I feel like what's got me through everything. It's just trying to, I would say I've changed my way of thinking in regards to like, I want to learn from everyone, everybody else in their, something in their life they've gone through or, you know, someone, everybody has something in life. And I try to talk to everyone I can about life, you know, where they've been, where they've gone, how they're successful, they're not successful, but you can learn from everyone, even the people you don't like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I've had people, even we talk about leadership, you know, um, leadership is a thing too. It's like, you have good leaders, you got bad leaders. The ones that are bad, guess what? I learned not to do be like that person. That's what I learned. <laughs> it's learning experience. And people yeah. are like, well, he's a, he's a douchebag. He's an asshole. I said, hey, but now you learn something, right? He's like, ah, dang, yeah. You know, and it's like, I always make a joke. I hate Mondays, right? But if you don't start Monday, you can't get to Friday. <laughs> so I, be, I think what for me is being able to just learn how to just be open to discuss my problems. Yeah. This with my wife and my friends. Um, and I think that's a thing for us too, is like within people I know now, it's like, I, you know, I just try to talk as much as I can. Yeah. Venting's so, good, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I think my question coming out of that is as either you as the person that is going through a hard time or you as the friend that knows somebody going through a hard time, other than venting and maybe learning to talk, what advice or things do you want people to kind of, if anything, if they walk away from anything from this conversation, what, what do you hope that they walk away with? It's temporary. Whatever it is you're going through is temporary. You, you know, there's always a chance to make to change it. There's always a chance to make it better. You know, it's, it doesn't, the world doesn't end, you know, for that, that, 
it may be rough patch. You know, like I said before, I've had three weeks of my life where it's like, holy shit, you know, and uh, it was rough. But I look back at it and I see the good in it. You know, I hate to say that. And despite everything that's happened, you know, you got to find key things that you learn from that situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I and you know, it, made, it made me stronger as a leader, you know, as a person because of it. Okay. But I feel like people need to learn to understand that, again, it's like the point A to point B. You know what I mean? Life goes on. And you have a chance to correct that. Whatever it may be, you have a chance to fix it. You have a chance to make yourself better, make people around you better. Just got to lean forward and just do it. Okay. So I imagine we've skipped over a fair bit of some of your life experience and things that you've done. But maybe before talking about Snipers Unknown and what you're up to there, I mean, is there anything else that you're like, man, I don't. I don't share this a whole hell of a lot, or this is something that's near and dear to my heart that I always like to say that we haven't quite gotten around to yet. I mean, I mean, we talked a little bit, I texted you a little bit, I think we talked this morning a little bit. I just, you know, it's unfortunate that I just found out one of, uh, you know, kind of recent where I had a friend, you know, recently committed suicide, you know, um, and it kind of, it's kind of rough, you know, fresh there, but, uh, Ugh. damn onions you know what i'm saying <laughs> mm-hmm. yep but uh i think it's like you know we we get so caught up in our own bubble um and we get others around us i think people need to focus on not really say focus on but try to make an attempt to help others mm-hmm. and i'm i'm currently uh, set up north and you know, i'm not gonna give exact cities they may kind of hunt me down but uh, i grew up in the south man where you know i drive by some my wave at them here they look like, like i'm crazy you know Say hi, good day, good morning. It could change somebody's life. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've seen people were just having a rough fucking day, man. Yep. And I think uh, people need to make attempts to be just kind to one another. It's, it's a rough time in the world where, you know, everybody wants to judge each other for whatever they may be or where they want to be. I really don't give a shit what someone wants to be. You know what I mean? And and that, that's their decision. I don't get caught up in politics. I don't get caught up in their BS, man. That's just not for me. I know that I'm going to go try to live my day day-to-day trying to try to make my life better my kids better my family better and those around me better yep. and if it's simple it just me like for example now you know we talked a lot more tonight you know i'm probably just some screenshots of random dumb shit just to make you laugh why right. <laughs> so that's what that's what i do man you know and just uh try to make an impact in someone's life man if you can positive mm-hmm. negative you know i've been since i moved um i've kind of kind of slacked off a lot of things that i normally do I was pretty big before I left when I was in Arizona that I made a, a point to Children's Hospital, the VA hospital, um, to give like heck. I mean, if it's a hundred bucks a dollar store, man, it's that's a you know, some of these kids don't have nothing. Right. So I try to do as much I can when I can. Um, obviously not rich, but you'd be surprised on the somehow simple with something on the dollar store to make a kid happy, man. You know, yeah. or just, you know, a veteran, you know, who back in their dime where they didn't want to shoot like shit, just me going up and shaking their hands saying, hey, thank you for your service. You know, it could be it could be something so little, but I think we get so caught up in our own lives that we forget to notice others out there. You know what I mean? I try to make it a habit. I'm like a weird person. Like, what are you staring at? I'm like, I don't know. You know, I try to read people when I can just, just because I'm one of those weird guys who sit there and watch people maybe observing, you know, <laughs> it's the observer side of me. Yep. But uh, it's just, I don't know. I feel like sometimes we need to stop, look around and 
to make those calls. You know what I mean? I like I said, the wound is a little fresh with my friends. Yeah. But uh, I mean, and even then, like even for us who who deal with that, it's just like, oh wait, right now, I mean, all day is like why? You may never know why. You know, did we do enough? Did we? We don't know. Could I done something differently? Yeah, I thought of something today that I never thought of. And it's just like, shit, man. And I had a friend, believe it or not, years ago who attempted suicide. He's in a wheelchair right now, being paralyzed, waist down. And he lived in the same island as him. Why didn't I tell him? You know, that's one thing I regret. And uh, I can't I can't take it back now, but it's just like, try to be there for everyone, man. We never know. And then those who, I know people, you probably in your podcast, you listen, you know, feel PTSD. You know, I think the biggest thing with PTSD, a lot of guys dwell on, you know, the past and what they did, what they didn't do. Again, same thing. Find something. Go help someone. Yeah. You know, be that light. And then I said, it'll help you. Help you better. Yeah, I like that. I never would have thought about, you know, dollar, a couple dollars at the dollar store, you know, things like that. How small. I definitely feel like I've been a little wrapped up in my own little world lately, you know, with all my own shenanigans going on, but okay. Okay. So if we could maybe transition into snipers unknown now, man, because that's how I know you. And uh, I would like at some point to make it back East to go shoot. It's a bit of a hunt for me because I live quite a, quite a, quite a distance away. But if you don't mind, what is snipers unknown? What are you doing with it? What are you, uh, what's the competition like? I mean, tell me more about it. So it's just the name itself, right? <laughs> so no, <laughs> uh, for the most part, um, the staff, um, for example, this year, our, our match director is, uh, Rance and, uh, Rance is a great dude. He's big in the, you know, in the cyber community, cyber instructor, still very active with the community. And every year we try to focus on finding someone who's either we run it ourselves or find that person going to provide you know insight and quality stages to the community and and i say community and i'm not saying like oh sniper only this is not because that's not true because we we got guys you know who are like man i wish that i've been a sniper when i you know when i was your age whatever it gives an opportunity to do that you get to play sniper for the weekend get you some cool stuff without getting shot at so it's even better you know what i mean <laughs> so we, we try to um provide sniper based scenarios um that are all blind, meaning you'll never know what's around that corner. Okay. Or we'll give you, for example, a lot of people don't know how to use a compass, right? If I gave you a compass and I said, hey, rain, I said 300 out of 68 degrees or whatever. You're like, what, what does that even mean? You know, some people don't even know what the hell that means, right? So they're going to go around the corner, compass could be hanging, and I could have a, I could have a just a picture drawn up where just angles, degrees, and ranges that could be the targets. You know, it could be anything. Right. But if you don't know how to utilize a compass, you know what I mean? Or understand, you know, ranging, of course, that'd be an option. Or what if I just took a rangefinder away? You know how to do mill relation with Cormion. You know how to do mills. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It just, it, it's a constant adaptation to the exact, the, the unknown. And it could, you come around the corner, it could be 20 pistol targets. A lot of long gun guys, a lot of snipers, they're so like, hey, nobody's going to see me. I'm good. You know, what if you're on the corner? There's a dude right there. Yeah, right. Ain't no, ain't no quick scoping in Call of Duty, my man. So <laughs> we kind of try to keep people on their toes. We a lot of, you know, different matches out there. We're focused on the, the physical aspect of the competition where we're, we're more worried about the mental, mental side of things. 
if that so, makes sense, man. It does. It does. So with it being unknown, and I get it, and I think the concept of it's a lot of fun, but you get guys that come are coming out that or gals, because then we're talking Nikki's gonna go shoot, right? Uh that come out and shoot it. I mean, are you what 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 would you expect them to know or not know or get help with as they go into these stages where they might not like I, I don't know how to use a compass effectively. Like I, I know how to point it in a direction and walk, right? But I, I wouldn't know what to do with it in terms of like a match and target application, right? I mean, are you giving heads up on anything? Is it literally like fake it till you make it? I mean, are you expecting them to to understand particular things? Like I said, what I like about the the event too is you we have a really we have guys who shot it from like you know this is our year five for the fifth annual and we got guys who shot year one. And mm-hmm. just got destroyed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because most of our team, we're looking at we look about 45 to 60 teams a year, almost every year, right? Oh my gosh. So yeah. you got these guys who are, you know, like 40th place year one, and now they're top 10. Because they yeah. they they came to the event open-minded and like, holy shit, that was hard. But it was also fucking fun. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, hey, they reach out to us, they reach out to other companies, and they'll train on it because they enjoy it. You know what I mean? And the two is that the guys that are there, again, the majority were military, law enforcement heavy. They're all about helping each other. You know what I mean? And I've had guys where, oh, I just dad does bullshit. I'm like, no, you missed, bro. You didn't hit the target. That, that's bullshit. You know, we're very direct. <laughs> and then, but again, that being said, too, is like I'll pull you aside. You're like, well, I should have hit it. I'm like, come here. I'll come off the side, look through the scope. What do you see? He's like, the target. I'm like, what else do you see? It's called Mirage. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, fuck. <laughs> I said, we, and he's like, he's like, I apologize. I'm like, no, nah, man, we good. High five. And that's it. We try to help each other as much as we can. We help each other, learn from each other. Um, and that's what it's all about. So yes, you can, you can find entities that can work out with, you can train with. Um, there's a lot of people out there that train on these kind of things. But for me, for most people, I tell you what do this, be open-minded. You know, hey, we got civilian dudes just destroying people. Yeah. They're not even they're not even military dudes. But if you watch them, they have a key characteristic that 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 the main groups have is communication. Okay. That's the biggest thing. If I'm gonna harp on anything, is effective communication. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got guys, for example, oh, there's a target over there. Okay, tell me where to hold. Hold it, hold a little bit right. You know, how much is a little bit right? Yeah. Is you know, there's a joke. One tenth, you know, is it two tenths? Yeah. yeah. You know, it was a joke. It's like, hey, hold a cut here. What the fuck is that? You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like that's not that's helpful. A big, that's, that's a big one out there. That's a big one. <laughs> and, and I think these guys just don't. You know, that's the biggest problem. They just don't know how to communicate. Yeah, and, and you and you see it. And usually, like after the first day, we're like, oh yeah, this team, that team, that team, top five, bet. You know, and they should do just common characteristics of a successful team with communication. And identification of targets, that, that's, those are the key things for most teams. Hmm. Most, most teams can shoot, but guess what? You can't find a target. You can't shoot it. Yeah. Um, all right, man. So you said what? Up to 60 teams, between 40 to 60 teams? Usually, yeah. I think last year we had 58 or 56, somewhere in there. That's nuts. So I'm assuming, yeah. I mean, are you, uh, are all like – it's it's a, a fee-based event, right? So people pay, come, shoot, right? I mean, are you uh, taking the cash and donating it? Is it prize-based? I mean, what are uh, the bases there? So for us, it's, it's actually, so I wish I made money. That's the thing. It was, oh, man, you charge that. I wish I made money. That'd be great. <laughs> you know I mean? I got the Army a long time ago. 
Um, you know, it's uh, the money, the location, we, the biggest part is the location we select, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, we've been using GTI for the last two years, which has been totally urban, you know, shooting off, you know, you know, a couple of really high buildings downward, you know, within depths of, you know, buildings. How are people going to shoot in buildings? Most people don't. You know, who's ever been, you know, a cool, you know, nuclear abandoned nuclear facility shop, you know, texting Call of Duty shit, you know. Right. So gave them the opportunity to shoot different scenarios off rails, off buildings, off beams, out in depth of, you know, rooms, you know, like something not used to, you know, which is, you know, urban. Right. And then now this year we're going back to where we did our first competition, our first annual competition in Clinton House, uh, South Carolina, mm-hmm. which is a very rural and has a ton of property. Right. So now they're at now. Guess what? There's no shade. You're out in the woods. It could be it, it could be sticky. It could be mosquito. It could be all kinds of shit. Yeah. But that's what that's the job. You know, I might make him crawl in the mud. I might made him make him jump in the lake. I don't know. But the, the, the aspect of them is to understand is like you want to be you want you like this. You know, you want this sniper thing. You understand you want to be like it. Then we're going to put you through, a little bit through it. You know, we're not going to obviously put them in physical danger and hurt them. Right. But they may they may get dirty. They may. Oh, man, this sucks. Yeah. Times 10 that, you now you really understand. So our tent is to teach them, you know, some of our heartaches we've gone through or might sometimes even the, uh, what do you call it? The, the baptism, let's just say, that we've gone through. Yep. And of course, too, we also want, we also understand that uh, as a sniper, we should always, always be evolving. Mm-hmm. So you got the modern threat, you know, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to war with Russia or China, I hope not, right? And if they do, fucking bring it, right? So with that being said, is like, what are we doing to be better you know, and to be ready for that, that war, if that does happen. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this year, we're going to our first time ever. We're doing our, we plan on doing a stock lane, a two-man sniper team stock lane uh, with drones. That's cool. You know, and then roving guards. Like, when you, you, you know, most, you know, enemy camps don't have, they have people walking around, full right. security, things of that nature. It's not just, oh, oh, shit, this is badass. I'm going to set up on this roof here and just shoot people. I, you know, it's not the fucking movies. So it's going to be a good time. They're going to have, you know, maybe some thermals <laughs> out there. They got to fight thermals, fight roving guards, you know, people watching on glass. Like, this could be the real deal. And this is like, everybody, again, it's, it's different when you work as a team. Yeah. It's a larger, it's a lar- larger object to see out moving around, you know, and especially we got to do it together. Can they do it together? Can they communicate effectively together? That's, again, it goes back to the same, the core stuff again, communication. It sounds like so yeah, much so, fun. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a side event. That's not even the competition itself. That's on Although, Friday, which, yeah. That's freaking awesome. I would love to do that. That sounds like a good time. I w- I've wanted to do it for a while, and it just seems it's one of those things I need to make priority, you know, and get out there and get muddy and crawl and fight mosquitoes and shoot at ungodly angles and miss a lot probably everybody misses man yeah that's all right though so then i mean that's a big event i know you've got sponsors you've got kind of the whole kit and caboodle are you like fixing for more help you pretty set in how you guys are doing things you looking for volunteers i mean is there any additional networking or help needed that if somebody's listening they're like dude fuck i'm gonna go help these guys out so, I mean, I would say, honestly, right now, I mean, I understand everybody's hurting, you know, in regards to the gun industry right now, especially all the drama going on. Um, sponsorship has always been a big thing for us. Uh, and, again, the facilities we use, we're using, it costs us quite a bit every year. So the money that is, you know, we get from the registered teams 
go direct to the facilities to pay our staff, you know, pay, people are driving. I, hell, I drive 14 hours. You know, people are driving from across country to come out and shoot or train. There's a lot of me put dropped into this event, you know, and what what would I hate to say bring people to pay those, you know, things is the, the price here. Yeah. You know, some guys just enjoy it. And some guys like I want some cool shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sponsors are always the thing we always need the most, you know, and of course, whatever actually we have. I, I mean, I've never grabbed any, any table for myself. I give it to my guys. You know, that's what the the, the team we have. And the ROs and the staff we have, they're all dudes that are so active duty. You know, they're taking their own leave time. Hell, I'm taking my own leave time to come to the event. Right. So I try to take care of these guys as much as possible. So the more sponsors, the better, um, you know, helps push, you know, the funds that covers our costs in regards to the facilities, the buildings, and of course, taking care of ROs as well. Yep. Okay, cool. So then in terms of uh, getting in contact with you, just uh, your guys' website, is there an email that you want them to drop a line to maybe get more information. Where can they find you? I mean, you, I can give you guys my email, uh, which is Ortiz at S U C T G.com. Uh, and that's where uh, y'all can shoot me emails and all that good stuff. And whatever y'all have questions on, um, I'm going to answer within 24 hours about everybody's stuff or heck within probably 30 minutes. I always have my phones on me. So yeah, I just ask us any question. Don't be scared. Like I said, we're all about each other. Um, help shooters get more involved. Um, what, and people get scared. A lot of people like, oh, I can't come. Like, well, it's just snipers in the, the thing. I'm like, not about that. It's named that because we try to pull from our skill sets, our backgrounds to develop the stages. Yeah. That's where it comes. It's, you know, that, that's what it's all about. It's not about like, hey, you have to be a sniper to come out here. That's not what it's about. The name was based off the 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 style of match we decided to create. Right. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, I feel like we covered quite a bit of ground. Is there anything left unsaid for this evening that you're like itching to get out, share, make people aware of, talk about Snipers Unknown? I mean, anything that you feel, man, that we didn't do justice to? Because I feel like we probably glazed over some pretty good life experience. Yeah, I mean, for example, what you were saying in regards to where your locations at, we're, we're trying to expand, obviously. Uh, currently, like I said, I'm still in uh, upon retirement, we want to push out to people like you, man. Like we want to do some, you know, higher angle stuff. Want to go desert? Let's do cyber knowing the desert. You know, man, that's you know, most of my deployments been desert too. Let's let's throw some desert in there. You know, we're doing the you know we're doing the wood in woodland. You know, this year, year before that, we did urban and you know, in the buildings. Let's go to the desert, man. Let's go to some mountains. So uh, <laughs> we're looking we're looking to expand. Um, we would like to do multiple events per year. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, just currently right now, all of us or, you know, some of the key players have multiple businesses or, or still in the army. So it's kind of really hard to, we want to help people. Like, I want that. I would want to come, I want to do it, but they can't They're so far away. But maybe we get to the point where we have enough reach and a big enough network where we can kind of network with each other, with other people and just provide other competitions, you know, you know, further West, you know, yep. up North, maybe um, we do have a couple of companies and a couple of entities that are interested in hosting us. So hopefully by, by hopefully by next year, we hope to have five total competitions. That's year. awesome. That's a big improvement or I guess increase. Yeah. I guess so we have, let's say probably four locked in right now and multiple States. I think right now we're talking to people from Arizona, people in Florida, people in Texas. Yep. Um, and we obviously got South Carolina still. And I think people from, I had somebody from Ohio reach out to me the other day. Yeah. So. That's awesome, man. 
Okay. Well, I'll make sure that gets linked in the episode description, both website and your email, and then the Instagram as well. And then um, otherwise, man, I'm stoked. I'd love to get out and shoot. I think it'd be a ton of fun. It's a great time, man. Like I said, when people finally, like, you know, they're like, oh, I should have been here years ago. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, and then like, too, it's like, we have a, it's crazy. Like, actually, like, even Friday night, right? Was Friday is a vendor day, set demo day, where a lot of companies will bring out guns, they'll give out prizes for best shots. Um, like this year, we're trying to, I'm, we're trying to focus more on, um, we started last year, right? We do for one of the organizations, we did some fundraising where we put a target out at 1,400 meters. And mm-hmm. somebody donated a whole, if you hit it, you got a whole rifle. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, you're like $25 buy-in. You're getting like a, a rifle is like over a grand. You know, it's pretty good. You know, pretty good deal. And I think the guy paid th- for three shots and got it on third shot. That's awesome. So, yeah. So we got events like that going on. Of course, the stockling. I plan on donating that money as well. Uh, the proceeds of that will go to one of the sniper associations. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the Recon Sniper Foundation is coming out too. We talked about getting the TAC 50 out there. And try cool. to replicate the, the longest confirmed kill shot, right? Yeah. And put a target with a halo out there. And probably we're gonna miss it, but the intent is to raise some funds. You know <laughs> what I mean? And for one, you guys shoot attack 50 would be pretty fucking cool too. Right, right. So um just trying to raise some funds, man, and just donate where we can. Again, the intent is not to really make money, it's more to sustain ourselves to continue to provide this this event and to support our community. Yep. I love that. I think that's awesome, man. Ortiz, man, once again, thanks for taking the time to uh, sit down and share a little bit of your story with me. I hope you're uh, doing well, and uh, I hope everybody listening took some good information away. And, uh, you know, everything is temporary. And, uh, you know, you got to make sure you ask for help, push through, uh, find what makes you happy, and uh, really execute and follow through with it. But I hope everybody listening, I hope you all have a wonderful week, uh, and we will catch you next time. (laughs) 